This week on the Lord's Grantham Podcast, we are covering The Crown, Season 5, Episode 1. Everyone's talking about the show, we're eager to talk about it, so let's go. And we're back. After a week off, and we're back to Netflix. So long, Masterpiece Theater for now. We'll be back. But we're we're in crown mode right now. Corey, how's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, Dave. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I was... There's a... I, I was interesting... Go, was go interesting. On. You go on. No, you I go on. I was going to say, it's interesting to be back on here. The Netflix, like, gagung instead of... Uh, I mean, is it really that interesting? If you watch a lot of I don't Netflix, watch too much. I don't watch a lot of Netflix. <laughs> you were you've been going through all of Love Island, or is that Netflix? That's Peacock. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, <laughs> a little off there. But I, I was I was going to say I was thrilled to see that someone was actually looking forward to us covering The Crown. We've come a long way from when we got a two star telling us to not cover it if we don't enjoy it. Yeah, two star dropping a former five star. I was thinking about that today. Yeah. And here we are, ready to talk about the crown. People want to hear us talk about it, and, and I'm ready to to rip into it. We're in the '90s, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm excited. But before we get into that, is there any news that we need to break down? Well, a couple things. Uh, I, I posted it to our Lords of Grantham Lounge for our Patreon subscribers. But Aiden Turner will be on the London stage with uh, Jenna Coleman, who some people may know as Victoria from the show Victoria, uh, they'll be uh, on a, in a West End production called um, Lemons, Lemons, Lemons. Actually, I, I said that wrong. It's Lemons, 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 five times. Uh, and it's a world where people are only allowed a 123 character limit per day to speak. Uh, and oh, they boy. And fall I don't in know. love with each other. <laughs> that already sounds like not my kind of thing. <laughs> I, I sent the article, and there's a picture of uh, Aiden Turner from Poldark, and he's got the most gnarly beard you can imagine right now. He really grew it out. He tits, he put in some work. <laughs> Those lemons, lemons, you know. You got to do what you got to do for that. Well, the for advertisement uh, for the, the, the show shows him with a, a trimmed uh, face. He's just got a five o'clock shadow. So I guess he just went off the rails on his own volition? It was for a TV show, apparently. Okay, all right. Yeah. The other piece is, I know people right now are, are struggling and trying to get uh, tickets to the, the Taylor Swift concerts that are going on, but Dave, I did it. I got the only ticket that mattered. Hugh, oh, Hugh Bonneville's coming to town to promote his new book, uh, Tales from the Piano, and uh, yeah, he, he's, he's going to be here in New York on, on Thursday, uh, playing under the piano. From Down into Darkest Peru. That's the name of Hugh Bonneville's book. So it's his memoir. It is, yes. As you all know, he's uh, the Earl of Grantham, Robert Crawley from Downton Abbey. And uh, it was it, I just couldn't say uh, like turn it down. He's going to be at the Barnes & Noble in Union Square. I work in mm-hmm. Union Square. <laughs> it's 30 bucks, and it comes with a copy of the book. There's a photo opportunity. 
and I can get the book signed. Wow! Can you up, can you get me a copy of the book too? No, uh, <laughs> no, I can, no. I can like... probably I could probably get a copy of the book. I yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. When I when I meet Hugh Bonneville for a brief second, do I ask him to sign the book to the Lords of Grantham? Maybe. <laughs> I, I hope I hope that catches his eye when I ask him to do that. If I get the opportunity. I mean, you're gonna. I think you're paying money for an autograph. Like, I think you have the ability to ask for what you want. <laughs> I would love it if he heard, hears that. It's just like, no, I'm not writing Grantham in your book. I, he, I mean, I think, I feel like there are times when you don't want to, like, gush or flex. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to tell Hugh Bonneville that we're, you're, like, the host of one of the only Downton Abbey podcasts that's active. I don't think that's like out of line, you know? No, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It'll, it'll be a, a brief encounter. Um, but I just couldn't say no. Cause I literally work where he like in the area where he'll be. And it's just like, when's the opportunity going to come up to see Hugh Bonneville in person up close. That's true. Now here's, here's my question that I feel mm-hmm. like we're going to need some, some James Bond or Ethan Hunt stuff. Can you record in audio form your brief interaction discreetly without breaking any of the rules of Barnes and Noble? Because they're probably going to use your phone to take the picture. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's going to be risky waters. I, I did look up his website. We can reach out to his publicist. It's it, all the information's there. We can always try to touch base with old Hugh. Okay. Well, we'll if they give you the option to compound it and add another book for thirty bucks, I'll give you. I'll Venmo you. Okay. And if they, right. if they do that, we'll give one away on the podcast as well. If they're only giving us, giving you one, that's for you. That's for the Lords of Grantham at large. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, I've already paid for it with my ticket. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm amped. We'll just put a wig on and get back in line and see if he remembers you. <laughs> like, oh, hey, Hugh. <laughs> yeah, just, just put on a fake beard and stuff. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about The Crown since it's out there in the world. Uh, everyone's been just binge-watching it. But listeners, you know how we do it. We are very slow. We move at a snail's pace. We only got so much time. So we are doing it week by week, episode by episode. And by the time we wrap this up, you'll be long done with the crown. If we had binged it, we'd still only do one episode a week. We're not like freaks. (laughs) We have lives. We're milking this. I did did not binge the show. This is too dense of a show to binge. Yeah, I, I, I just came from a run with a, a buddy, and he's like, well, I watched episodes uh, one and two of the new season of The Crown. I was like, whoa, 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 sir. I do not want to know about episode Don't two. Don't talk about that. two. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't know about that till next week. But we should get to it. Yeah, let's do it. We start with a flashback to Claire Foy as uh, Queen Elizabeth again, uh, visiting Scotland. Yes. Now, Dave, we always ask this question when Claire Foy pops up for a cameo or one of the older cast members in a flashback. How much do you think Claire Foy got paid for this appearance? Uh, do you think she was on location or do you think this is green screen? I think it's green screen. They filmed a lot of this during the pandemic. I don't think they actually spent the budget to put her out there. I think she may have made ten grand. Is I that feel too like the, low? The... the I want to say, because she came back kind of late in season four for an appearance. I want to say mm-hmm. they, they, they signed her to like a package deal. Like, we need you for like three or four more appearances before the end of the show. 
here's a cool 50 or 100k sure well i mean isn't netflix like cutting excessive spending not when it comes to the crown i mean they, this is supposed to be the last season until they decided no we're gonna go for six seasons so what do you, i mean wasn't that like always two 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 and then someone backed it off and said two two one yeah and then they revised it and went back to two 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 I mean, just knowing what the trajectory of the season is, I really, this is where this should, this tale should end, I think, right? Historically speaking. I don't know. I think we go all the way to the end, man. Well, I mean, we're not going to do that. I guess we could now. (laughs) Now we know how it ends, yeah. No, they just need to hire an 88-year-old actress to play her because, you know, Melda Staunton can only do like 60 to 75. Yeah. For only so long. But anyways, so she is uh, there at the unveiling of the Britannica. Or Br- not Britannica. Britannia. Oh, my God. Listeners just tuned out off immediately like, this guy got it wrong off the rip. <laughs> like, we've been here for like nine minutes, and this is what she wanted to do to us. <laughs> the Britannia. One star. Uh, forgive me. The Britannia is sitting sail. Uh, Britannica is like the, the dictionary. Encyclopedia. Not dictionary. <laughs> Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. No, the Britannia is sitting sail. And... It- it's kind of like a metaphor for, for a lot of this episode and the show. The Britannia is going to keep moving on and keeping on as long as the queen is kicking. And we'll get to more of that in a second or a little later in the, as, we're, as we're talking. Mm-hmm. But it's there to kind of frame the episode and even maybe the season in terms of, you know, she's going to keep on keeping on. Yep. <laughs> yep. She's smashing a bottle of wine over the... the... Champagne. Well, they say it's not champagne. This is different because it's the queen. Gotcha. It's bougier than champagne. There you go. So she's getting her physical done. We, we flash forward, and this is our first time seeing Melda Staunton mm-hmm. as uh, Queen Elizabeth. She's getting her physical done. She's age 65, blood type O. It's 1991. She's put on a few pounds, and that's because she just kind of keeps doing things, uh, you know, sticking to her ways. So she just resolves to. Maybe walk a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it seems like she's the only one who's truly concerned about her weight. Yeah. Her, her doctor's like, you're an old person. You just gain weight. <laughs> it Maybe, just happens. And then she's like, I just won't eat blueberry tarts on my vacations. Like, oh, yeah, okay, okay cool. If only it was that easy. <laughs> um, and so, what is it? We, we have her and, and... Dave, how do you feel about the transition from Olivia Coleman to Imelda Stein? Does it seem like... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's been or, so far removed since we watched mm-hmm. this show that I wasn't totally jarred by it. I think opening with Foy and doing the transition from Foy to Amelda was, I think we should have found a way to get Olivia Coleman in that intro in some capacity just to make it like a, I feel like it's a discredit to her to not give her that sort of like morph mode, you know? Yeah, that's that's fair. Or do uh, what they did when they introduced Olivia Coleman, which was show a photograph of oh, yeah, Claire the Foy in the wall. Yeah, yeah a painting. That that was a good transition. Uh, but yeah, maybe Olivia Coleman's a little bit too busy for them, given that she you know, won an Oscar in, uh, along the way as playing uh, not for Queen Elizabeth, but just as she was taking on the role and everything, she may have priced herself out of coming back. Uh, but 
you know, I, I agree with you, Dave, that it wasn't that jarring to, to see Imelda Stein, because I think there was a way to which Olivia Coleman played the queen in the later episodes of her run, where she was coming across as a little older and, and you know, <laughs> not quite as energetic a little bit. What was really jarring for me was uh, Prince Phil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, with Tobias Menzies, they definitely tried to gray his hair a little bit, little bit at the end of his run and, and make him come across as older. But there's a notable, noticeable difference when you see Jonathan Price here. Like, that's an old man. <laughs> that is definitely an old man. Tobias Menzies, as, as old as he tried to look at the end of when he was in the crown as Prince Phil, he looked like he could still put you down. He looked physically imposing. Uh-huh. I don't get that from Jonathan Price. He doesn't look like he can put you down. And he's like a, he's like a that guy, you know. It's so yeah. weird. It, I, I always feel so weird when it's some somebody that I know. Right. Not that he's he's super duper a list, but you know he was in, in Game things. of Thrones. Game of Thrones is the high priest. He was in uh, Brazil. That that movie from the eighties. He was in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. He was the president in a GI Joe movie. <laughs> Two G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been in things. He's been around. Yeah, he's a he's an, he's like a face that you recognize, whereas I think Tobias Menzies, to me, was more of a little less of that. Granted, what's the first one from Doctor Who? Matt Smith. He's a that guy. Not, he's more than a that guy. He's a star. I think they got him at the right time before he's become more of a star, Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Price, though, he does bring the i think he carries himself a little bit more gingerly uh, to kind of convey how old prince phil is at this point because he'd be in his 70s just beginning his 70s at this point yeah and we see i, I feel like prince philip in general like the first two matt smith he's supposed to be this kind of uncertain of him, his own identity as a man like he doesn't want to walk behind his wife for his whole life he mm-hmm. wants to you know, have have some sense of self and some sense of importance. And he doesn't have, you know, that's the whole, his arc is grappling with that. And then yeah. we see Tobias is always like kind of the more fading into the background, getting older, knowing mm-hmm. his role and shutting his mouth. And then Jonathan Price just seems to just be a yes man, kind of. Which is kind of like the Prince Phil that we grew up with and we're aware of in, in popular culture. He was just the, the side piece to Queen Elizabeth. As much as Prince Phil can be. And then I think as he got very old, he became a crazy crank who looked like he was deteriorating. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He hung on, though. All right. But Jonathan Prince Price, Phil. I don't think Jonathan Price can pull off deteriorating. Tillian. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I challenge you, Jonathan, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, so where do we want to go here? I mean, which tracks do we want to follow in terms of the storytelling for this episode? Let's talk about the boat first. The boat is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Elizabeth and Prince Phil are uh, traveling around on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're yeah, they're just on a was they're on a, a, a trip on the boat. Do they say where exactly? They're yeah, they're going to. Aren't they going to Balmoral? And they're just yeah. taking their sweet time getting there. Yep. Because and because uh, the the queen even remarks at one point that the boat itself kind of feels like home to her. She, she loves it. So just enjoying her time on there. Mm-hmm. But Prince Phil is checking around because he, he hears a noise and he keeps hearing stuff on the boat. 
and he, he's checking a valve and it's, it's it's stalled out. Yeah, this whole thing. I mean, he's eating dinner and he keeps hearing this this ship groaning. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a surprise she's falling apart. It's it's a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I mean, they're both kind of on the same page. That, like, there's a lot of sentimentality to this boat. How long it's been sticking around? Uh, you well, know, I don't know if they necessarily agree. I think the pr- Prince Philip is a little bit more mm. cut and dry about it, where he's saying, "Right, you know, let's get it. It might be time for a new boat." Right. He 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 does a quick investigation to see like what what's the problem, and then he's like, "Yeah, maybe we need a boat." A, a bigger boat, a new boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elizabeth is like, this boat's big enough; it can keep going. You hear, this is my boat. Yeah, all my all my family estates are not mine. Right. This boat, this is my boat. <laughs> and and he's just telling her, we got to be realistic about the cost of maintaining a thing like this. <laughs> this isn't meant to run forever. This boat. Yeah, he says it's a World War Two vessel, pre World War Two. You know, it's. We need to get this thing. It, it's a, all the machinery is irrelevant. We're in the '90s. We can get something mm-hmm. current. And she keeps she doubles down. This is my legacy. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, a newspaper is making the rounds. Mm-hmm. The, the was it the Sunday Times, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the the cover of it is that a poll was taken. And it seems like people would prefer Prince Charles uh, to to step in uh, as king, with the queen taking taking uh, a step back. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a good thing. And and all these people are trying to hide <laughs> it from Elizabeth. Well, not a good thing. It's not a good thing for Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. Um, so the, yeah, they they take great efforts to try and hide it from her. Um, saying that the the wrong uh, copy of the Sunday Times a- arrived, and uh, it doesn't take long for her to realize, oh, they're actually hiding this from me. Well, I don't think she ever actually outright realizes they're hiding that pa- paper from her. But everyone's no. acting so weird about her. Exactly, like they're holding something back. Like, is it, I like it, is her man fellows. Is that the new guy? Oh, I didn't even take note of that because she always has that that hand on uh, around yeah no fellows is one of the guys and then obviously tim is another guy who we talk mm-hmm. we'll talk about later but I, I do find it quite funny though like we get a whole montage of a guy trying to hide the newspaper from her and prince philip yeah and it's like we don't need this <laughs> they're just wasting they're just taking up time i mean it is this they don't need 55 minutes per episode of the show but they're giving it to us and and I didn't mind it quite so much. I think that it made sense mm-hmm. considering. I think they're trying to tee up the fact that, you know, Prince Philip is softened. Prince Charles is older and more dignified and power hungry, more so than he was as a, you know, guy in his 20s. Yeah. And, you know, they're, you're you're kind of culminating to see how the queen is going to feel about this. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep this information from her. Is she going to be like, Oh, it's just a newspaper. Who cares? Or is she going to really take it to heart? Yeah. And do we even really get to see her with the paper? At, at some point, she's just talking, I think, to the prime minister who's making the rounds. No, yeah. We never see her with the newspaper. We see so, Prince Charles gets a preview copy. I mean, we'll talk about Prince Charles later, but. 
Yeah, it, but it doesn't seem to phase her that much. Well, no, it does, because she brings up... What is it? Because it's referenced in the paper, Queen Victoria Syndrome. It's the name of the episode, yeah. It's the name of the episode as well, that there's concerns of her staying uh, in power for too long, and what effect could that have uh, on the nation? Uh, and she's aware of it, and she's just like... What was it? He, I think he says... it's uh, Well, I... I yeah, she's just kind of whatever about it. It's just like, you know. <laughs> she basically says Queen Victoria was in the right, and no one gives Queen yeah. Victoria the, the due credit she deserves, even though there's a phrase named after her being unwilling to forego power. Mm-hmm. And she appeals to the Prime Minister, who, by the way, they don't really do make much effort to introduce to us this episode. It's just like, here he is, there John he is. Major. He's the Prime Minister. It's Johnny Lee Miller. You may know him from such things as Hackers. Train Spotting. Train Spotting. And uh, that Sherlock show on CBS, Elementary. Mm-hmm. And he was married to Angelina Jolie in the 90s. There's that. Johnny Lee. Johnny Lee. Johnny he Lee Miller playing Johnny Major. <laughs> they don't even need to introduce that he's the prime minister. You just know it at this point. Yeah, like old uh, white guy, glasses. Yep, yeah, looks the part. So... Yeah, his uh, he, he's just listening to these worlds, and she says that you know her connection with the yacht is deeper uh, than home for her. It's an expression for her. So uh, she makes very few requests, and when she does, it's you know she hopes it's because people will listen when she makes them. She wants refurbishments done to this boat. She wants to yeah. She's a teeny tiny renovations. Mm-hmm. And, well, she also and and we yeah. also need to note that the economy is in 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 the the trash. Yeah. A lot of people are without jobs. The you know, the things aren't looking good for the British government right now. So, um, twenty million dollars or fifteen million dollar renovation to a, a yacht seems extremely frivolous. And the prime minister is not the one who's super thrilled to be okaying this with public money because it's not. They said if it was the Edinburghs' own yacht, like if it was their personal property, they could use their own money to do it. Mm-hmm. But because it's British property, they have to use the government money to do it. And there's no loopholes where they can do it. So he's, you know, he's like, oh, good. (laughs) And and she approaches him about this again at a a ball that takes place later in the episode where she's like, you know, hey, man, remember that boat? I I hope you you come through for me. Thanks. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll see about this boat, Dave. She's getting the boat. She's getting this boat. You think she's getting the boat? (laughs) We we just look at history. I think she's getting the boat. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I, think I, it, I could look it up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to Okay. I think it just serves to underscore how out of touch she is from the moment here where she's more concerned about her boat than anything. Even mm-hmm. even like how the polls view her. <laughs> because, you know, th- that's the ongoing themes of the show. Like, you know, how out of touch some of these people can be when mm-hmm. all they're supposed to do is care about, you know, their, their country. Um. We do see what was it? We, uh, Princess Anne joins her joins her on the boat for a moment. Yep. Dave, how did you feel about this wig? There, you sent me a tweet about how bad the wig was, but then mm-hmm. they show like the rest of her hair, and she's got like a ponytail. It reminds me of like early Seinfeld Elaine hair. <laughs> it does. I don't I think it's as as it's egregious as that one shot of the front. Like in the front, it looks yeah. like Jerry Seinfeld hair. When you <laughs> it see looks the like whole <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it looks like Elaine. I mean, so it's not Seinfeld, as bad. It's not great. Seinfeld was on at that time. It's of the moment, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, I mean the hair is, oof. but, but anyway, she's having fun on the boat. Uh, she, she prospects a, a, a man there, uh, a naval officer with her binoculars mm-hmm. because they, they stop at a, at a, a lighthouse for a moment just to, to take a look. And, but the guy look. that she's prospecting is one of the staff that's on the yacht, Tim. Yep. We've met Tim before. Mm-hmm. We'll see if things work out for them. I, yeah, I'm, and, and I, Queen I Elizabeth like, is like, aren't, aren't you married? And she's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, what does that matter? I feel like listeners are just begging for us to look up Wikipedia now and just find out what happened. No, we're treating this like Poldark. We're not cheating. Yeah, you can look it up yourselves, people. Knowing this show, we'll jump to like 90, 95 next episode. And we will totally miss. Right. They'll be married and have a couple kids or something. Well, I mean, the yacht, not Tim. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens with, with him. Um, I mean, that pretty much is what happens with Elizabeth in this episode. It's kind of small potatoes in a lot of ways, just kind of staying the course with what we know, how the writers, Peter Morgan, uh, the, the main writer, like perceives her and, and her place. It, mm-hmm. It's nothing too uh, revealing or dramatic. Yeah, we get a little Princess Margaret um, and the Queen oh, yeah. Mother. The Queen Mother seems to be losing her faculties. Her, her yeah. You say, yes, yeah, some sort of dementia is going on, and Princess Margaret is seemingly less together than she was. You know, she's a little more desperate for, you know, mm-hmm. life has been dragged, dragging her through it. And this is not, uh, you know, she's Princess Margaret years later. <laughs> right. She, she's it not, she's, she's down to have fun, but she's not throwing herself out there to have a ball. <laughs> she's still chain smoking. Yep. As you do. Yeah. Or as you won't. So sh- should we get to the the real the real deal now? Yeah, Dominic West is Prince Charles. I love it. You love it. I don't I mean I have I don't think he looks like Prince Charles. He looks I, like, that's the one the biggest gripe is like where are the ears? I want to see those ears. He looks like you kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's a no, shot he, of him in like boat shorts and boat shoes. It's like that dude, you know, like we talk about like Down Abbey having like Branson with his shirt off. Uh huh. Even just seeing his calves, I'm like, this dude it can go. Oh, he does leg work. Absolutely. Th- this like, is the, can go. There's some transference that went on from Tobias Menzies to Dominic West where like Prince Phil g- got weak on this show and then Prince Charles got bulked up. This is more jacked up than Prince Charles has ever looked in his real life. Like he is ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, like with all due respect, like he shouldn't be with Camilla. He should be. He should be with his wife. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure Dominic West would probably prefer that, that uh, knowing his, his uh, real life. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I did appreciate the way he talked. There's a clipped cadence to the way, like it seemed like he moved his lips and, and spoke and stuff. That seemed a mm-hmm. little bit like okay, he's trying to be uh, Prince Charles. Yeah, oh, he's he's always acted like that's the one mm-hmm. thing about Dominic West is he is he's not one of these guys that gets like dumped in a role and he's like, okay, Dominic West is funny and you know? like everything that I've seen Dominic West and he's he's do, going for it. Do you think they asked him like, hey, Dominic, can you can you just like not hit the gym for a few months? And he was like, I can't, I, I gotta, I gotta get my pump in, I gotta do he's leg like, day. You see these ladies that I'm working with, I gotta look good for them. Like, Aren't I you can't. married, Dominic? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't I was matter. on the Eminem album. I'm method. I, I got to be Prince Charles. Uh, yeah, Dave. What were you gonna say? I, was, I like him. I, that's what I was gonna say. Okay. 
Well, we get to Bicky. We we get six foot, allegedly six foot three. I think there's talk of Elizabeth Debicki being six foot five in real. If you ever see photos of Elizabeth Debicki in the wild, she is like very tall. <laughs> She's six three uh, per Wikipedia, and she does look tall in the show. They don't really hide her height. <laughs> no, they don't. I think she's good as Diana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can definitely see it. Um, a little bit different than Emma Corrin, but still, I, I feel like she's channeling her. But, yeah, I feel like Emma Corrin is supposed to be that young, naive Princess Diana who, Very who is learning about how the world is going to just beat her to death. Mm-hmm. And then we see Debicki's kind of, like, settled into this world that is destroying her, you know? Yeah. And, and the show doesn't tip its hand fully in its opening moments. It's like, okay, they're going on a second honeymoon. Uh, it's going to be uh, a good time. She's trying to smile. But he says, Cousin Norton's coming. I, I had to invite him. You know Cousin Norton. What up, Norton? <laughs> <laughs> He's a good time. we got to have him on the boat. And and she's happy they're doing this. Uh, and she's like, yeah, just got to have Cousin Norton there. And he's like, you want to give him the old magic? Let's blow them away, she says. Like she's like she's with it in the moment. She's and doing so, the job, yeah. Yeah. So they 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 have a little peck, a little kiss, and uh, yeah, they're they're off on on their trip. Yeah, they're tolerant of each other. I mean, they try to be a little bit. <laughs> yeah. For the first chunk. Now Dominic West, he's six foot. How, so he's wearing three inch lifts, you think, to to look as tall as Debicki? No, I think it's probably staging. Maybe like a one. <laughs> you think he's like on a little platform at all times to appear as tall as her. I mean, they're not really standing next to each other all that much. Sure, but when they're going in for a kiss, and she does be... look a little taller. I don't think that she she does look bigger than him a lot in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems. Yeah, we. I just feel like we don't see him kissing up towards her. They're they're at the same level. Um, anyways, they got a lock, long trip ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that Charles is is a very stuffy man who wants mm-hmm. to go to historical sites and museums and talk to all these people. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that at this point in time, you can totally understand why Charles wants to be the king. Because he's surrounded himself by like yes people that are pretty much just agreeing with him and doing what he wants and not complaining about it. And we see this scene where they're at this uh, on the yacht and they're saying this is the plan. And then Diana's like, some of us might want to go shopping. And Charles is like, come on, like how pedestrian do you have to be? And and he's like, who else wants to go shopping? Like he's trying to put on a show for for. His people, like, I'm the boss. This woman is, you know, a guest in my world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then little Harry and Harry and William are like, we want to go. And he's like, I hate these kids. Go to GameStop. (laughs) Back in 91. Uh, I I, I also, (laughs) I I do like how the, the show is almost like a little bit too on the nose with things where, of course, the first kid to voice to speak up is Harry. Like we know mm-hmm. in the real world, Harry's the one to branch off and do his own thing. So the show has got to be like, even as children, Harry was the one to be like, 
yes, mom, yes. And then George is like, me too. And it's like, do you have to be that, that like, on the nose? William, not George. William. Sorry, Prince Who William. Cares? <laughs> I mean, the listeners care. Listeners like, you said Britannica. You said George. What is, why are one, you watching this One show? star. <laughs> yeah. Lay you don't on, know man. about this yacht in real life. You don't know about Tim in real life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, so, yeah, as you said, they're on a tour of Rome with Charles. We got Mariah Carey emotions playing. We know it's oh, the yeah. 90s. Mariah Carey even tweeted about that. She even said, like, I'm happy to be watching The Crown, and my own song is on the show. It's like. Mariah's yes, like, wait, wait, I have more than one song. <laughs> There's more in my life than all I want for Christmas is you and Nick Cannon. <laughs> Isn't that a shame that that Mariah Carey's career is just now coming around every year just to sing that song when she has so many good songs? That's a that's a whole other conversation. You got a great voice, one of the best voices of all time. One of the best, belong together. Um, so yes, the the their first honeymoon was on the Britannia, and uh, I think who who said who says it? It felt like a floating observation tank, mm-hmm. where every where every conversation was obvious to the crew. I think that's uh, Diana who says that. Yeah, I think if it's if it leans negative, it's Diana. If it leans, I don't want to talk to you. It's Charles. Yeah, and, and Charles like bride and gloom or whatever or something. Or they're just not happy right now. <laughs> no, no. Long and short. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're not happy in the, the the like specific moments. Like they don't clearly they're not sleeping together. Mm-hmm. They're not the Charles knows it's like a symbiotic relationship that he's got to keep the people happy. He knows he's going to Camilla whenever he wants. Most of the time he's with Camilla. And that's just that. Yeah. Diana seems to want her, want to have her cake and eat it too. Like she wants the adoration and she wants the status to be able to just go shopping and buy whatever she wants. But then she gets upset when like the facade is not real. Yeah. And... Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I think they keep stressing, like, our marriage keeps lifting up the rest of the world. They want to see us happy. And, and on the outside, that's what people are thinking because that newspaper comes into Charles, and I think, you know, people approve of him because he's in this perfect marriage. And, and yeah, why not have this guy be king? Mm-hmm. He said, just can't wait to be king. Yeah. Enemies beware. <laughs> yep. Uh... Anyway, so Diana's watching the kids, and Charles is like, man, I forgot. I have a commitment to Oxford. I got to go. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. And he goes, it does now. This is our second honeymoon. He's like, well, we may have a third one. I don't know. They need a fourth it's or like, fifth one to get through it. It's like a PR move to call it their second honeymoon. He's, he's going on yeah. this trip anyway. Right. And he was just like, they overlooked that he was overbooked. So he has to skip and, and the holiday. What's funny to me is Diana's like, this was our time with the kids. And then you see like... What are they doing? They go to like one historic site with the kids. Yeah. And the kids are on a speedboat with Diana, just cruising around having fun and shopping with Diana and on the beach with Diana while Charles is being all stuffy. And, and she even said like, I even let you bring your friends on this trip. You brought Norton. <laughs> I didn't want like, Norton he's here. Like, Yo, Norton's kid has cancer. You got to leave <laughs> Norton out of this. That's true. That is true. We do get that one scene where like, you know, he's talking to Norton and it's like, man must be tough i can only imagine he's like yeah dude it is it really is tough and then charles like, is like all right about <laughs> yeah charles you got i'm cheating you got on my Diana. wife on the reg and the world knows about it and they don't really seem to care <laughs> yeah be happy charles come on man he's like well, and, you see my calves today i'm looking jacked <laughs> <to the nines." laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I'm taking a lot of creatine right now. It's going great. Uh, anyways, Princess Diana is crying to herself, and the kids are there for her. Mm-hmm. She goes, and she, thanks, for, thanks for being there for me. Here's Super Mario. <laughs> I brought an NES. This boat's got a TV. We're going to play Look some Mario. It. They actually let the Nintendo, they put the needle down, and they like, did it, did it, and I was like, oh my god, Netflix. They really shelled out for this show. They really paid up. They got Mariah, well, I feel like every other Mariah song has to come on a deep discount at this point in time. I don't think so. I think Emotions is probably still pretty expensive. Let's put it at the beginning of this episode and see how much Spotify asks us to pay up once they flag us. Um. We, we don't do more than 15 seconds, folks. It's, it's all legal. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the new prime minister, this is where he first shows up in the episode. He comes by to see Charles. Mm-hmm. And that's where Charles brings up the Queen Victoria syndrome. Yeah, so Charles basically schedules this meeting to talk about this article and say, hey, you got to talk to my mom about clearing out. Mm-hmm. And our, our boy... John Johnny Lee Major, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's it's dangerous to ignore polls, but it's also dangerous to be guided by them, as he says. Yeah. And we get the same plight that we've heard them be on, I feel like, way too many times, actually, already with uh, Prince Charles, where he's like, uh, you know, he's longed for to be given responsibilities, uh, prove the doubters wrong. And that he's wasting his voice and that his, his presence isn't being incorporated. And it's like, I feel like we've already heard this speech from him several times over. And it's just like... Yeah, but now like he's a, even older. Right. <laughs> it is just hilarious to me knowing, watching the show, that he's got to wait another 30 years to be king. I know. In the time of the... the... I, I kind of wish that... Well, I, I hope this season... One of my hopes for the season is that they add some dimension to it. So it's not just this repeated because it's like we we understand that's his plight but people are more (laughs) have more going on than just that in their lives well i mean i think we we kind of touch on that so like the episode culminates at balmoral yep and there's this ball Mm -hmm. where the it's funny because um i think john john major in this scene is like the mvp Mm -hmm. where i believe it's princess margaret kind of corners him and talks to him about like this is what this ball means this is a historic ball and all you know this here's what it's the sort of switching of the roles and then major's like oh yeah i mean i know what this is it's where the slaves become the masters and the masters become the slaves and princess margaret walks away (laughs) like yeah you know like she just is like, oh, wait a minute. So, you know, like, this is not, we're totally not doing this the way that history wants us to do this. We are still very much in charge here. Yeah. And, you know, we've got maybe 40 staff members here that are, like, lucky enough to be part of this party. This is not some, like, we are not serving anybody. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, you can tell that he is very astute to, like, how absurd the royals are. Yeah. And... Diana walks up to him at this ball and is just like, "Hey, you want to dance?" And she's like, "You're." She literally says out loud, "I'm jealous that you get to jump on a plane out of here." Uh. And yeah, man, she, she's like, "Give Charles six months. This is all going to fall apart, and the institution is going to go." She makes that sound. Yeah, and she she looks and she says, "Look at Princess Anne. She's going to be with him." Yep. 
Look at my mom and dad. They're not great. Or my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Like they, he, he had fun on the sea when he was young with his boy Mike. We know about that. We've seen yeah. season one. We're taking this down brick by brick, baby. Look at look at Prince Prince Andrew. You think he's cool? He's hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein next week on the episode. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I, I feel like with Diana though, like. I don't think she was ever this direct. Like, you know, they're just going to fall apart. Like, like just that brazen, like, that's just what's going to happen. Like, I don't know. I like it, though. I do like the flavor, though. It's like, oh, okay, she's, like, ready to take them on. Yeah, you. I, I wonder how much of this comes from, like, firsthand, you know, oral history. Like, this is what someone heard her say at this party. Yeah. Or idealizing the you know, anti-establishment attitude of Princess Diana, even though, like I said, mm. her entire existence is is anchored in being part of the system. Right. Princess Diana can't be this hero to the world if she's not buying designer clothes on the crown's dollar, you know? Yep. And so the episode wraps with um, John Major giving his rundown of the Royals. Uh, that they seem deluded and out of touch. Uh, the junior royals are feckless and lost. Prince Charles is impatient for larger roles, and but can't even bother with his wife. And it feels like it's all going to fall apart under his watch. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> and then we just see like people at the party like puking in their hats on the front lawn. <laughs> Jeffrey Charles is there puking somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's the episode of the Crown. V- very standard episode, I thought. Very like okay. Just letting us know things are going to keep moving ahead. Yeah, here's who everyone is now. Mm-hmm. Johnny Lee's here. Yep. And that's they're it, all that's... cheaters. They're all liars. They're all petty. Yeah, I thought it was also. A, a, yeah. N- no, um, Judy Dench didn't get her way this episode. Oh yeah, I didn't see the disclaimer. I did not see the disclaimer. I was looking for it on the facts. Um, we'll get to those facts in a moment after we get through the power rankings, but maybe it's part of the intro. And if you just hit skip intro, like I did, cause it's always the same intro. I watched the intro. I always watch the intro of the first episode of the season to see if it changed. Wow. And they didn't have it. Nope. Maybe it's cause they know we already know that what's up, <laughs> that it shouldn't be They're taken like, at face Sorry. Value. We got to give Claire Foy all this money. She doesn't want us bowing to Judy Dench. Right. Uh, so Dave, we want to get to the power rankings here, man. Sure. Who do you got going down? I got the Britannia at number three. The boat is falling apart. They need to really okay. do some renovations. Okay. That makes it's a lot of sense. Power. Dave, who, who at number three is going down for you? I got Diana because okay. I I feel like, like I said, like she is this vision of hope for the, the country and she's, she's, you know, the little scrappy one who can go up to the prime minister and say, like, get me out of here. But at the same time, she's mm. a leech on this system, too. And she is all about putting on a show for the public. Sure. And I think that she is being, you know, sucked dry by this system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's doing her best for her husband to appear good for the world. And he doesn't seem to reciprocate. So I can't, you know, it's just not a good week for her. Sure. Well, number two, I got Queen Elizabeth. She she didn't do well on the poll. And she's she's frustrated by people not well. I think she's a little annoyed with the boat and wanting to have to having to ask for money for the boat. Not the best week for Elizabeth. She gained okay. the weight. She's not happy with that. <laughs> yeah, sixty-five. Yep. She's getting social security benefits now. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's number two for you, Dave? 
I got the English people. They're in a recession. Jobs are tough to come sure. by. You know, their prime minister is one. trying to advocate advocate for them. Yeah. You know, some some better use of government money, and I know that they don't know it per se, but there might be a lot of government money being put towards a, a yacht, which mm-hmm. is very uh, petty. <laughs> Sorry, sure, but it it is what it is. So, who's number one for you? Prince Phil. He, he, like he's just he got old, <laughs> and I don't know what happened, man. It's 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 it's, uh, it's hard hard to see, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the real Prince Philip. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate reality. So, yeah, man, going down. Prince Philip, he's not Tobias Memzies. He's not jacked up. All right. Well, I got I got Queen Elizabeth going down because... Okay. I think, like I said, this episode is kind of a culmination of how is she going to react to this mm-hmm. news that this poll is out. And yeah. we see that she gets... She's pretty petty about it. She She's very defensive. She puts her guard up. And not only that, but she flexes on the prime minister saying, "Yeah, you will give me money for my vanity project. Which, at the same time, when she describes the yacht, she says it's her only real like identity in a physical form. Because she has never had an estate that's truly hers. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to see this one thing that is so, you know, like you can, you can upgrade a furnace in a house pretty easily. A boat yeah. that's 60 years old in the water is not the kind of thing that's going to be eternal like a castle or a palace. So, you know, I kind of I kind of sympathize with her plight in that situation. Yeah. I, I yeah, I agree. But, uh, you know, Prince Phil got old, so I got to have him at number one. I would right. agree otherwise. Uh, well, Dave, who's going up for you then? Well, number three, I got... The little, the little princes, Harry and William, they're on a boat. They're shopping. They're playing Game Boy. They're going to the beach. They're going to the party. They get to see it's their true. dad. Yeah. Yeah, they're having the time <laughs> of their life, I guess. They're young. Uh, <laughs> Prince Philip gets to the bottom of the, you know, the worst because he's old. These kids get to exist because they're young. Well, at number three, I actually, I actually got Diana. I, I thought her, her speech to... to uh, or a little moment with the prime minister saying like this family's going to fall apart, you know. Like, it seems like she's ready to to take on what what's going on. She's okay with it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Shows spark, and then she has she's got her kids for her in her corner. She even won her little small arguments with with Charles a few times. Yeah, I think Diana did okay this week in my book. Okay. Well, if you got Diana at number three, I got Charles at number two. I got Charles at number two as well. This poll, this is big. This is what he needs. Yeah, man. He's pulling the head. And he didn't skip leg day. <laughs> he did not skip leg day. It's, yeah. I mean, Charles is making his play. Like, let me take the throne. I think I could do it. I can definitely do it. And you see, he's sort of like, I, I, it's kind of a negative thing about him as a man. Mm-hmm. But he's got a room full of yes men. Yeah. You need to be at a certain stature in life to have a room full of yes men. He's got a yacht full of yes men. Well, I mean, he has the prince. I, I can. I mean, even Matt Smith's uh, version of Prince Phil had some yes men. The the whole club that he'd go to, <laughs> way well, back. Yeah. This is a, this is a guy who's who's friend, who's like cousin, his like nephew or niece had cancer, and he's like, eh. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come on a yacht trip with me and do whatever I tell you? Yeah, that's true. And he's like, all right, sure. <laughs> well, number one, who's going going up, Dave? I got John Major, Johnny Lee Major. John Major is at the top, baby. <laughs> he sees everyone he, for what they are. He caught that that little monologue at the end. 
Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid to talk. He tells Prince Prince Charles, like, hey, dude, don't trust the pole. And he tells Queen Elizabeth, like, I don't know if this boat was a good idea, lady. Yeah. No, this guy knows what's up. And he's got his finger on the pulse. And he's the one who has real power, not them. They're just royalty. He's actually the prime minister. That's true. Well, that's that's the Queen Victoria syndrome this week on the, yeah. on the crown. Now, Dave, are you curious to hear what was real and fictitious about this episode? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been a long time since we've been able to do this. Tell me. Well, just to start off, uh, John Major, Prime Minister John Major, slammed its depictions, uh, called it uh, a fictional dramatization uh, with damaging and malicious fiction and a barrel load of nonsense. Uh, okay. They, were, they never approached him about the, anything that happened or asked him to, to fact check or anything about the episode. And the notion that there is any discussion of an abdication of the throne with Queen Elizabeth or even Prince uh, of Wales, uh, that's improbable and improv- improper. <laughs> that, that just didn't happen. Uh, I mean, it's like almost like treasonous activity, especially like the, the specifically like the boat stuff. So like, no, no. According to John Major, he did, he's not even gonna watch this. Like, this is there's no truth to it. So he's I, like in his fifties as prime minister. That's pretty young. Yeah, man. I mean, it's Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> uh, now, on the point of Queen Victoria syndrome, uh, this actually may be a thing that they really just made up for the show. Uh, so this is going off an article from Insider, uh, where mm-hmm. they they said the you know the phrase refers to Queen Victoria, who was on the throne for sixty three years. Um, there's little to no evidence that the term existed in common parlance before the writer's room for the crown chose to use it. Uh, in fact, a Google search before the year 2022 for the term only brings up results related to a genetic disorder Queen Victoria had that caused uh, many of her descendants to have poor health. There was one rare reference to Queen Victoria syndrome that can be found in John, Gardine, John Gardine's The Victorians in the Age in Retrospect, which the author claims that it was used by members of the court circle in the early 1990s. Okay. They they spoke of the threat of Queen Elizabeth becoming a long reigning monarch, out of touch with people, just like great great grandmother. Uh, but that was the only reference they could find before this year to it. Okay. <laughs> so they found something and they really stretched it out <laughs> across this episode to the point where it was even featured in the article. And on the point of the article, uh, the results were actually quite different than what was depicted in the show. Okay. Uh, the front page of the newspaper dated August 11th, 1991 was that the queen should abdicate, abdicate in favor of the Prince of Wales, followed by a subheading half of British public agrees. Uh, so that was in the episode. However, in reality, <laughs> the findings of the poll, which was conducted by the market and opinion research international, rather than the newspaper itself were actually largely pro monarchy that despite assaults by tabloids and a decade of intimate uh, scrutiny, scrutiny, the royal family enters the 1990s as remarkably popular. It found that the Queen Mother was Britain's favorite royal at the time, followed by the Queen herself and then the Prince of Wales. Nine out of ten uh, surveyed viewed all three as mainly favorable and very favorable. Uh, and they don't include this statistic, that 47% of the population supported the Queen stepping aside for Charles. And this is followed by the words, at some stage, <laughs> making it really meaning it wasn't really an urgent call okay. that needed to be made now. It had to happen at some later point. And in addition, in addition, the poll results were published on the date of January twenty first, nineteen ninety, when Margaret Thatcher was still the prime minister. <laughs> uh, 
and the only mention of the queen in August 11th, 1991 in the Sunday Times was that she was the undisputed queen in an advertisement for a royal cruise liner. <laughs> so cool. this is we're having fun. We're back. Yeah, we're back. 80% of this episode just 80 to 90% of this episode just didn't happen. It was all fabricated. There you have it, baby. That's the crown for you. It'll get nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes and Emmys and stuff. And that's why we're okay, here. Peter though. Morgan. <laughs> I reading that the other day, I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I look, we we know the show is always kind of stretched the facts. This felt particularly <laughs> egregious. We're like, okay, so you just kind of just focused on one data point from the article and then spun it in the opposite direction and then mm-hmm. just made a whole I, I, I whatever you know they got they only do plan to do a fifth season now they gotta do two so they're just gotta find we material. gotta make up fictionalize all this stuff don't judy dench is gonna be shaking her fist 100 percent, 100 percent. uh that's this week on the crown though dave have you been watching anything else yep well i watched a couple big things i finished love island Mm-hmm. How to wrap up about for you. that? I didn't understand. The ending was so lukewarm because okay. it's so logical. But because I finished Love Island, I started Love is Blind. <laughs> I watched two episodes. Oh, boy. How are you I don't want right to talk too much about it because I think we're going to okay. do a Patreon episode. But I kind of disagree with your take that it's lukewarm. I think these are some some of the most vain and disgusting humans that I've seen on a reality show. And it's great. Oh, get ready! It's it. I mean, it it does the love is blind thing. It, it kicks it up a few notches as it keeps going. All right. Well, I'm in. And then I also, I you know, talking about one kingdom, I'm mm-hmm. talking about. I went to another kingdom. I went to Wakanda. I went and saw Wakanda Forever on a packed screen on Sunday. And that's not fictionalized, right? That's actually true. That's that's real. That's real. There's yeah. really a race of like uh, avatars that live under the water. <laughs> Did you like it? I loved it. I, I'm not the okay. biggest fan of the first Black Panther. It's not one of yeah. my favorites. I thought this movie was... I think that it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. There's some things I don't like about it. Some characters that I think are a little half-baked. Yeah. But I was a huge... I mean, I like left the theater. I was like, this is this is really cool. Okay. I, I love the first Black Panther. I'm very mm-hmm. high on that juice. So, like, I'm amped to catch it. I just... uh I'm very much out of the mind right now. I, I can wait till the next weekend. I'm not. I'm, I, I don't need to see movies their first weekend unless I have like time to kill. Yeah, I, the problem is I'm out of town this weekend. I go to Florida yeah. next week. I have no time mm. to to go. So well, we got to. I had to bank go. some episodes of the Crown then. <laughs> well, no, I'll be around to do the Crown next week. But I okay. just uh, that's uh, you know, I all of my like non-working days I've been busy. So yeah. What about you? Anything good you've been watching? Wrapped up the Love Is Blind, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but catching up on Andor on on Disney Plus, okay, that show is so good. It's fire. It, it's easily the best Disney like Star Wars show. Like full stop. Uh, and our boy from Poldark, Francis Kyle Solar, great on the show. He's, he's, oh, he's so good. He's so good. Are, are you fully caught up, Dave? No, I, I watched episode four. I think. Oh boy, you got to keep going, man. Oh, I'm going to. It's just I really I'm, I've been enjoying taking it at like a one or two a week, so I can really let them sink in. And when you watch them together, it does feel like you're watching like a movie. Like it's just, man, why can't more TV be this good when it's like you know got so much rich text to pull from, like Star Wars? It's like, man, give me more of this. Do you think we had like a brief period before he got cast as in this role where we could have got Kyle Solar on Bridgeport Boy? I don't think so. Talk about Poldark. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll see if we can get Hugh. Once we get Hugh, we'll see we'll see where we go from there. I think I think we we'll get Hugh. Okay. We couldn't even well, get Young Peg. I don't think we could get Hugh. That's true. But we'll leave it at that this week, okay? But we'll see where we get with you when I go to the book signing. Uh, by the time you hear this, it may have already happened. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. All right. So you know where to find us. We, we got a Patreon. You can subscribe to that. We got some bonus episodes on there. We got the Lords of Grantham Lounge on Facebook where we post uh, updates and, and random stuff uh, about all the shows that we watch. Uh, and then you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, as long as it remains. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> We're not paying for a blue check. <laughs> we are not. And lordsgrantham at gmail.com if you have questions. And our archive of episodes is on our Podbean website. Give us a five-star rating and review if you so choose on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. All right. All right. We'll see you next week, Hail Britannia. Well, kind of forever. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>